Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 390. This is your guide to the geek side. And before we introduce our lovable co-hosts, I'll tell you to subscribe to our podcast with our network feed, where you get all our wonderful shows. And then after you're done with that, then go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, where you can see all of our wonderful faces talking about the things that we love and all of our prop comedy. So with that... of the faces. <laughs> yeah, so my wonderful voice is portrayed by the actor that is Todd Oxtra. And we're also joined by uh, character actor Charles Chaz Carden. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, due to illness, the rule of Charles Carden will be portrayed by Charles Carden. That's me. Hello. I'm sporting new cheap swag tonight. Network tea from Sticker Moose. Nine whole dollars. And then... My piece of love jewelry. I got April and I both got these is Starfleet Delta from Etsy. Five whole dollars. You didn't have the one where it breaks apart in two and you have to form them together, Charlie. No, I have that one that you gave me. I have my half of that. You have the other half. But no, this is my fourteen dollar outfit tonight. Just for just wow, for, wow, just for yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I actually did the same sticker moose deal where okay. I am getting a co op mode shirt for nine dollars. It'll probably last for like three months and then fall apart. Yeah, so I, we'll have, I, I have one. I have one for the chapter that was just a little circle here, and it's completely devolved. I need to just throw it away because it just it peels off. So, yeah. if you're interested in our merch, we may be having a new store in the future. Yes. So more to it, come about. In the that in the future, in yes, because we do we do have shirts, but you know, and we're we're always looking for more feedback on you know logos, things that you would like, and I know Madam Webb would love some merch herself because she's got a movie oh, coming really? out, Charlie. You better believe it. But before we get to that, guess who's guess who's swinging their big thing? That is for two weeks in a row, the Mighty Thor. This is issue number three ninety. This was from the spring of nineteen eighty eight. And it was weird. In the, when I was a kid, we had subscriptions. I had the Spider-Man. My brother had the Fantastic Four, and he had Thor. But we would all read them, obviously, all together. So I definitely remember reading this. And this was, oh, Captain America was another one I had. This was near the very end of the Captain America No More run by Mark Gruenwald over in the Captain America title, where Steve Rogers wore this great black outfit. He had a Wakandan shield that was just vibrating. It was just shiny and reflective. Um, but at this exact same time, uh, he ended up on Avengers Island. This was right before Dr. Druid, the worst Avenger of all time, broke up the team. Um, but yeah, they were on the Hydro base, which was Avengers. Was he the Yoko Ono of the Avengers? He really was. He sedu- I, I think he actually seduced the She-Hulk. No, I don't know. It, no, it was, he was seduced. He was actually seduced by Nebula, believe it or not. The Nebula, obviously the character that you see in Guards Galaxy, not exactly the same. But she seduced him and he broke the team up, blah, blah. But at any rate, this issue is famous because spoiler alert this is the one where steve rogers picks up mjolnir and he was one of the few people to ever do it um because hydro base is attacked by you know you lick or not frost giants but like wait you lick i lick you lick i lick yes you know what i did it depends are we talking about tequila tequila shooters boop mm-hmm but at any rate, yes, that was what was going on in this issue. It's a great one, and that was an amazing moment recreated in celluloid in the third act of Avengers Endgame without the snazzy black outfit, which later went on to John Walker, U.S. agent, who we saw in Captain America or Captain America and the Winter Soldier. 
television program. But anyway, I love this issue. It was good stuff. And in 1988, Madam Web was only 88 years old. So she was a spring chicken. But even then, she was delivering the big scoop. She just wasn't working for us. But now she does work for us uh, for five, ten cents a dime and some loose cans. Let's go down to the corner of Hollywood and Vine and figure out the latest rumors and news with Madam Web. So let's do it. Now it's time for Madam Web's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Web. As we discussed, Madam Web, um, considering we've got you where you are today, um, we hope you know that you signed up for your contract that um, while we pay you nothing, we make 20% of all your gross proceeds. So remember that when the Sony checks start coming in, Charlie. Right. Cha-ching. You're right. You know what? Send that money to us. We'll see that you get nothing, but because that that is that is the price of uh, of our expertise. It's what we do. Yeah, your we agents do. always get the, the 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 top cut first, and then you yeah. get you know yeah. The top you pay cut. off all of your uh, drug dealers oh and your uh, all your post Civil War debt. The drug the drug keeper aware. All right. So my God, first story. How in the hell are there now? 10 films in this franchise. The only 10 film franchise, I think in 10 film franchises, I think of Star Wars, I think of Star Trek, James Bond, but now Saw, Saw, the, the original Canadian grindhouse classic is now celebrating its 10th film. Their 10th film, they're bringing back a veteran uh, director, uh, Kevin Gur, wow. Okay, Grutert. There you go. Sound, sounds German to me. Uh, Todd, I know that April and I sat down and slammed all 10 of these movies, or at least eight of these movies, seven or eight of them, whatever it is, in like a weekend, like Halloween, like maybe two years ago. Have you seen them all? Have you seen some of them? Charlie, I've only seen one, and okay. that is Spiral, which oh. is probably the biggest pile of poo I've right. seen in a long time. The Chris the Chris Rock spinoff. I love our friends, the Illuminati, but I cannot make their banner go away to the point that I can actually read this article. Let me scroll down. I can read it for you, Charlie. Okay, yes. why don't you? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. There's yeah, way too um, much banner. Yeah, so Saw is coming back with Saw 10. Uh, the director is from Saw 6 and 7. He's going to direct that. Um, and obviously the Saw series was kind of like a new beginning for horror where uh, it became like a torture porn became a thing, like Hostel and all those movies um, became a new era. And um, yeah, it became from like a simple premise of a guy who likes to play games to do some social justice with torture. Uh, he had to make a tough decision. And then, you know, we had the like the little puppet guy and, and, and it kind of went off the rails because then he died and then he had disciples uh, of doing this kind of crazy stuff. And the last one, Spiral, Chris Rock got behind. It made like $40 million, I guess. So that's oh, pretty wow. good. But um, yeah, it kind of it was more of like, oh, I'm inspired by the, the Saw killer. And so I don't know what they're going to do. But a lot of times with horror films, they ultimately have to reboot themselves right. or start from scratch or do something else to get some more uh, credibility. Um, and I, I guess maybe this is the way they can do it. Um, and it even says, you know, Jigsaw and Spower from the Books of Saw were the last two films. They use far more CGI. So I guess it looks like they're trying to go back to their roots by using more practical effects, which, you know, can work really well. And um, 
I mean, this is coming October 27, 2023. Uh, Spiral came out in 2021, I believe. Because right, remember, right. that was the movie. I'm like, oh, Charlie, it's, it's brand new. Like, no, Ox, the trailer had been out for like a year and a half. Right. Well, yeah, they probably know they, this. And they filmed yeah. it a year before that. Yeah, the last one that, that we saw, <laughs> no pun intended, what we saw, because we go see movies in the theaters. It's just our thing. I talk about it all the time. But it was uh, it was a prequel. It was a prequel to all of it. So it was like, or it was wedged in between. It was it was a prequel somewhere in between. This is like trying to figure out the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Oh, the Tokyo Drift really took place between five and six because I was just, oh my God. You know, a, a horror movie doesn't need to be Shakespeare like this. You know what I mean? But again, obviously they're making this because the last one made a bundle, right? I mean, that was at 40 million. It sounds like a lot for a run-of-the-mill, super cheap horror film. They're low-budget, yeah. Low-budget yeah. horror film making $40 million bucks, And, you know, there's a fan base. They probably bought the movies, the merch, all that fun stuff. There's always so much right. tied to it when it's like a serial killer or somebody like this. They, they There's just a lot of fan fan base you can feed and you can get like me or you watching these that aren't really like ravenous about them, but we'll still watch them. So, right. um, and, and it will be interesting to see if they, if this is a sequel to spiral or if it's just like we're gonna start from scratch like i said and it sounds like tobin bell who you know he's the guy that's kind of uh tied to the series could potentially come back which is kind of crazy because he died of cancer i think or or something like that right and and like the third or the fourth one yeah 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 but then they're like oh he actually had this secret this and that and he also had this secret and it's a whole movie he has a twin he has a twin yeah it's it's very it's very soap operatic so regardless you know we didn't see the Spiral one, uh, probably because of COVID or whatever it was. Um, but uh, I'm sure we'll see this one, you know, yeah, because again, Halloween. Charlie, there's still time to see Spiral, you know. It's still, yes, yeah, it's, it's got to be streaming somewhere, right? It's probably on Hulu or whatever. And you know what? I I took one for the team, apparently, on that one. So you don't have to watch it, but by all means, you know, why break the streak, Charlie, and not watch all of them? (laughs) I was Well, you know, and if you you tip April off to it, we're going to have to. But never forget who watched Fantastic Four 2015 so that you didn't have to. Never forget. God. I'll always be, Good always, times. be, always be there to throw that in your face. Oh, oh my, my God. All right, what's up next? Yes, so we are getting a new... The Addams Family is coming back. They've had two animated films that I think did fairly well, uh, yeah. aping the style of the original comic. So if you remember the comic, um, uh, you know, that was a different look than the TV series of the Addams Family. We had the movies. We have cartoons. I, mean, yeah. I, had, I had no awareness that it was based on anything other than the original IP being a TV show. Oh, no. So, came, yeah. The comics came out long before they were like one. It was like a far side, right? A one snippet, oh. a ziggy, as you will. It was, uh, so yes. it, was, it was a comic strip. Is that what you're saying? I, yeah, it was in magazines and things like that. Okay. So it was like a okay. one, a one uh, panel. And well, it just told a goofy thing like the family circle, Charlie. Right. Well, you know what? Somebody at me on Twitter at, at the C3. Let me know if you were aware of this because this is just right over my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they because they have a different look than they did in the TV series or whatever. So but we are getting a new uh, Adams Family series coming to Netflix and it's entitled Wednesday. And it's following actually Wednesday Adams uh, kind of uh, her path to school. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is essentially she gets expelled from the normie school. And she gets put into this Evermore Academy or Nevermore Academy. Sorry, the Raven. The the Raven. We covered that. 
Yeah, but the cast looks pretty good. Um, so we've got um, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia Adams, Jenna Ortega as Wednesday wow. Adams, Luis Guzman as Gomez, and Isaac Ordonez as Pugsley Adams. So they're going into a uh, 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 Latinx uh, casting, which is pretty cool. Right. Well, um, you know, his name is Go- you know Gomez. I mean, Gomez, on, you know, yeah, and played by the late great superb Raúl Julia in the two films from the early '90s. I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hold up, but it's funny because we're still watching Night Court, and you remember that John mm-hmm. uh, was it John Aston uh, yes. was was Harry Bunny, Anderson's dad. Yeah, Harry Anderson's character's dad, and then he was also he also jumped in in, John, in, in genre parlance was the Riddler very briefly in Batman '66. Oh like, really? Yeah, there Did was a know that. Yeah, there was a breakdown, and I don't know if it was in between, and then Frank Gorsham. Frank Gorsham had a big deal, or he had a bender with cocaine, or something. Well, yeah, or something <laughs> like you know, contracts fell out, or whatever, yeah. and you know, yeah, but yeah, go, yeah, Google that. John Aston is the Riddler. He was, and I don't know how many appearances he made, but that's another show that I have it on digital because I got it for like. 20 bucks mm-hmm. and certainly have never watched even 20% of it. I really are. And I have it on DVD as well. Again, because I think I started watching it in April's like, Oh God, this is fucking terrible. Turn it off. And that was, I <laughs> love that show as a kid. Every day I would watch it and it was just stupid and goofy at the time, but I didn't care. Cause I got to see Egghead right. and, right. and the Pharaoh and uh, or King Tut. Sorry. The Not vibe. The I have always thought the vibe of Batman 66 and the original Star Trek, they look very similar. Like oh, the, yeah. film, the film stock is super similar. He had a shit ton of shared actors. Frank Gorshin being the biggest one of yep. them. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, but yeah. uh, as we get back to this, so this is going to be a series on Netflix. It looks very fun. Tim Burton's directing it. Uh, I watched the trailer for it. Um, you know, I think this will work really well. Tim Burton, this is right in his wheelhouse. He's not like doing something weird or goofy to it. I think he's just having fun with characters. You're like, this is definitely better than the monsters. So we have that. <laughs> Holy shit. Boy, t- talk about something that set in that bar very, very low. I think we're, we're still going to watch that one, Charlie. We have to. We, well, God, we have yes. to. Yes. Well, yes. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, yeah. it's just the way it's got to be. Yeah, it's so this is going to be on Netflix. I think it said fall. Let's see. Uh, it, it's got to be October, right? It's got to be before Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I, you know, and it's it, it, fall it, it, 2022, which is just, if you don't get this before Halloween, what are you doing, Netflix? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I bet in the next week or so that there'll be a piece of news on this because we're, all, we're already about ready to squeak past Labor Day. So, yeah. yeah absolutely. It's, it's, God, it's God go like that. I know. Yeah. I know. It's It's been a wild summer. Okay. Moving on. Oh, our very own. Speaking of getting ready for Todd and Charlie's big payday. Ooh. New Madam Web spoiler filled report reveals Spider Woman, Ben Parker. Peter Parker's mother and more. Oh my goodness. But no Peter Parker. <laughs> That's what just kills me about the, and he even put it in the notes, the, what we've dubbed the SPUMCO, the Spider-Man uh, cinematic universe, which I don't really know the acronym lines up, but SPUMCO is kind of fun to say. It's kind of dirty. It's kind it's of like Acme. It's yeah. like Acme where it's Wiley Acme. Coyote gets all his pranks. Yeah, so it just sounds like, according to again, you know, spoilers galore, that we're get we're getting everything but the kitchen sink. You know, Richard and Mary Parker. Uh, you know, Ben Parker. Maybe not Aunt May because that's too many old ladies. Uh, a lot of the Spider Women. So that's Spider Gwen. That's uh, Aranya. That's uh, Jessica Drew. You know, there's just a lot of that. You know, so they're kind of packing it all in. Yeah, they got a lot of pictures here. 
Um, oh my goodness, who is it? Who, who is it? who is Julia Carpenter in a dress? I'm going to keep strolling. That's a very uh, wow. Uh, that um, would be Jessica Drew, I assume, right? Yes. Uh, no, no, that's Julia Carpenter, the one with the green, oh. the, the dress and the other things going mm. on with that outfit. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's interesting. Um, the movie is not called Spider Man. Um, but they're, they're doing this big dance around. I mean, I just, I don't know, you know, don't you wish somebody could just wave a magic wand and make it so that it just doesn't have to be this convoluted, you know, because they could be lining up something really, really great, but of the live action Sony Spider-Man adjacent productions, correct me if I'm wrong. They've all been terrible. Uh, the first, Yes, the first Venom I found entertaining as a B movie. Yeah, they've all been terrible, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, law of averages, this is not going to be good. Um, you know what, Charlie? Every once in a while, uh, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut. Would this be a dog shines on a, the, the sun shines on a dog's ass one day or a broken watch is right two times a day? Well, well. This could be like a real a prequel because this could be like Madam Web before, you know, she's old. So maybe this is like the olden days and she has friends with, uh, you know, oh, the, the Parkers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and, right. and, yeah, yeah. So this could be a prequel, which could be weird and odd because what's a prequel to? Well, it doesn't tie to anything new. So it's like, right. I don't know. It could work. Well, uh, and, it can't, and, and it can't tie to anything substantive because uh, in the current MCU parlance, Peter Parker doesn't exist because he got erased by a spell. And we don't have another Spider-Man movie announced by Disney yet, so right. who knows? But, but I want to tell you this, Charlie. Course, if, you, if you were worried about the talent behind this, um, you might be want to be worried about this because... Uh, I, I, this is, I told you that I already am. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the director is by is, is directed by S.J. Carl uh, Clarkson with a script from Brooke Sharpless and Matt Sazama. Screenwriter is responsible for Morbius, Gods of Egypt, and Clarkson has worked with Marvel properties in the small screen, including The Defenders and Jessica Jones. One out of four things is halfway decent. One out of four. But when you lump together Morbius, and what was the second credit? Oh, Gods of Egypt, that horrible, like, I mean, which yeah. I've never seen, which I want to watch because it just looks like no, I don't know you, what this movie's doing. You've absolutely front ended it with two of the worst films in genre history. Well, and The Defenders was the worst of the Netflix series. Right, exactly. so. but, but Jessica Jones was one of the best. So exactly. But Charlie, they're, they're one, one like out of four is, ain't bad meatloaf. Uh, my, or we, we had in an episode of Code 47 with my former co-host Aaron, it was it was it was Mike Loaf or I dibbed it Matt Loaf. And I think that was the name of it. So this is 25 percent of Matt Loaf. There you go. I think it was yeah. the same gag too. the blank out of blank ain't bad Matt Loaf. Um, but, but Madam Webb, we are hopeful that this is going to do well. Charlie, we've got to get behind this because if we have a financial like. Right. investment in this and it's, we may have to say by the way sfu owns the madam web character um we may have to like put that game. out there you know that we actually right. so you know take it take our views of this movie with a grain yeah. of salt we might have to swallow it up speaking of grains of salt and i added this at the last minute time because i only really read this an hour ago but you know I, I i've been trying to dip my toe back into reading current comics you know we i have the marvel unlimited i don't use it as much as i should so trying to get caught up on 
uh, Spider-Man, I got pulled away by the thing, uh, by a, a title that I'm going to talk about in the in the Geek Easy. But right now, we're, there were two things I got out of this link that I posted. Uh, first and foremost, we're getting kind of a crazy retcon with the Fantastic Four, where the other child of Nathaniel Richards, Reed Richards' father, through by hook or by crook and Ted, if you, you scroll down, you'll see kind of the summary here. Bar, 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 bar. Fantastic Four number 46. Uh, he has a daughter, and so now Reed Richards is going to have a sister whose name that they don't give. I thought they did. Uh, is it Richarda? Richarda? <laughs> Richardico? Yes. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, this is a first. Now, I've, I love the Fantastic Four. Sometime in between, you know, the, the late 90s when I tuned out and then when I tuned back in in, the, in the, the 2010s, right before they canceled the book and then ended up bringing it back, the Richards ended up with another child. So they have a daughter in addition to having Franklin. So now, sister, sister-in-law, keep in mind this is Marvel's first family. They're going to be, invariably, be the next big thing in the MCU team-wise, I would like to believe. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm invested, I'm interested, but, you know, it's always really iffy when the, the slug line says, not a dream, not a hoax, this is real. Come on now. Is it, though? Is it, though? You know what I really hope is not real is that, it, you know, again, don't bury the lead, but Amazing Spider-Man relaunched again, now past legacy numbering 900, but this is volume. Is that different than the what all-action Spider-Man comic or whatever that probably isn't around anymore? I, it's because I don't know what you're talking about, it's irrelevant. Um, but yeah, this is like Amazing Spider-Man volume like seven or eight. Uh, but John Romita Jr. is back. John Romita Jr. is a great heritage Amazing Spider-Man artist. He drew back in the 80s. Um, but basically what we got going on here is that Spider-Man has a new costume inspired by the Green Goblin, and he's riding a goblin glider. This will, this will not bear fruit. And could I think this will go the way of the the silver plated spider armor from web of spider-man number 100 in 1993 which he broke at the end of the issue and was never seen again but still got made into an action figure and you know who owns the action figure that guy guy. (laughs) that guy yeah i I could see that now i was looking at some of these other ones charlie um one that really piqued my interest uh, because there's a ton of avengers series so avengers i don't know what's going on there uh but apparently it's Thor looking pretty cool. But yeah. one that popped out to me is Defenders Beyond, Charlie. The I know. Beyonders in this. I know. Yeah. If you read if you yeah, if you read the bullet points below, that's pretty now, and you know what I, I do really like that Marvel is is you know, they're 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 publishing things smartly these days. They're giving us five issue miniseries. Very Perfect. Smart. Don't because even you know what? If you have an ongoing, if it makes it past the 12th issue, I would be stunned if it is not something heritage. If it's not a Avengers, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Spider-Man, it's not going to make it. Then they can just uh, say, uh, of five, of six, of seven, of right. eight. It just keeps exactly. growing. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was always meant to be a limited series. But yeah, exactly. they've, got one, they've got one based on the, the uh, Cosmic Marvel captor, uh, Janice Bell. Uh, that's also limited series. Miles Morales is still going wrong, uh, strong. Got the fifth issue of a Spider Gwen Gwenaverse, which I'll probably read because you're finally getting um, little, you know, different. Very. You look at this cover. There's a there's a Captain Marvel one. There's a Captain America one. There's a Wolverine one. There's an Iron Man one. I am digging it. So yeah, they, but again, Marvel Unlimited. It's the you know for a comic reader, it's the best money you'll ever buy, uh, or it's the best money. It's the best money you'll ever spend. Um, out there. Oh, and Todd, the patch that I was telling you about, that's what, you know, that uh, little side character of Wolverine, that's winding up. Boy, if you click on this, he's running with two lightsabers. I love it. 
That's uh, fantastic. Yes. And, yes. And, no, and no shirt. So yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, I'm making an effort to tune back in. Um, I'm going to put myself out there on Front Street. At me on Twitter, the C3. Let me know something heritage-wise that's enjoyable, or maybe even something that's not heritage-wise enjoyable that I can grab. That's older than three months old that I can pick up on Marvel Unlimited. I'm totally on board. I would love to hear from one of our listeners, and I will read something. Todd, maybe you can read it too. We're about due for a cover wrap-up where we bring Katie back um, to pick one of our wonderful cover selections. But yeah, I'd like something totally out of the blue to read and see if I like it. Yeah, um, and with Marvel Unlimited, all you have to do is be patient because you Within three months, the three new months. issues arrive. Exactly. No it's well worth it. it. Exactly. It allows you to try things, and, and there's no penalty for trying them. So, exactly. yeah. Um, so, yeah, when you're not reading comics, though, you may be interested in a movie by, uh, yes, uh, if you liked Murder Mysteries and you like the, well, hopefully you like the man who made uh, The Last Jedi. Um, hopefully. You loved, you loved uh, Knives Out. I love Knives Out. I yep. thought it was a fantastic murder mystery. Great ensemble. Just really well. Good take on the the whodunit. And we uh, we, we yes. had a we had a spoof title of this over on Holocron. Mark called it Spoons In, and I said it's Knifey Spoonie. And Todd, do you remember Knifey Spoonie? That's no. the Australian game where he says, you know, how uh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. Oh, I see you played Knifey Spoonie before. No. You're killing me, Axra. Come on. Bart versus Australia. Moving on. Uh, Knives Out. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Ryan Johnson, uh, really good director. You know, um, say what you will about, you know, if you loved Last Night or not, it it doesn't matter. He just makes really cool films. I think um, I like it when he does original things because he just gets to play with whatever and he doesn't have to worry about fans saying, that's not how it was done or I didn't know that Detective had that power because he didn't show it in the previous movies we don't care ryan johnson though uh netflix got the rights to the basically the knives out franchise so we're gonna get more of these movies coming out on netflix and the 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 first official one comes out it's called glass onion a knives out mystery arrives this december i cannot wait charlie i can't wait for that Apple lawsuit uh, being sued by Paul McCartney because that is a Beatles song from the White Album. How does he think he can get away with that? Well, I'm sure there's not a song attached to it, so that's probably how they do it. Uh, But uh, the plot begins when tech billionaire Miles Braun, played by Edward Norton, invites a number of quirky and mysterious friends to his private island. Doesn't take long before someone turns up dead, of course, and the group calls in uh, Benoit Blanc to solve the case. And so we've got an image of the cast, uh, and it looks great. I mean, you're getting actors across the fringe. Uh, Dave Bautista's in this, so he's probably just going to kill people. Edward Norton is fantastic i just love the dude because he's never afraid to have fun uh and some of the other actors were getting in this uh where's the list of actors Uh-oh. uh armis is in this who is wonderful leslie odom jr jessica henwick madeline klein uh kate hudson janelle monet are oh my gosh. that are joining the That's cast intense. In yes. intensity. Yeah, I enjoyed that film very much. Gave us a great turn uh, with Chris Evans as a not-so-nice individual. And, uh, just yeah, just overall the, the gritty family drama of it all. And then watching James Bond crack the case. Totally awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say one thing about that movie. Uh, I'll take Captain America's sweater over Iron Man, uh, Aquaman's sweater any day. And you, you know what? It, because that was a beautiful Irish sweater, too. I got a sweater just like it. 
So yes. there, that's all the endorsement you need. Yes, that is it for Madam Web. But Charlie, it's time for us to move on for some libation and geeking out. And we go to one place to do all those things. And that's the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Well, we're about to hit like the hyperspeed in TV content, big nerd stuff. Oh my goodness. Get yourself ready, folks, but we are here for you. Uh, we and we it. kick off the week with uh, almost the last MCU project for the year. We got yeah. one big one after this. We do. Charlie, we got She Hulk. What's a big project? Oh, well, we have a movie. Is that what you mean? Or is there another TV show? Uh, we do have just the Guardians of the Galaxy special. But yeah, we do have oh, uh, the, the Black the Panthers, the, the last right. one of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So She-Hulk uh, came on last Thursday. And again, April and I, we get up early. We watch things first thing. We love this. This is a character that, that April really enjoys because April has a law degree. She does not practice law. But the, our first actual cosplay together is I had no client of mine. Uh, that was a costume shop, and we were doing a station Christmas party because I it was a Halloween party uh, for this, the radio station I work for. And so, I, in trade, I got Captain America. I had the America's ass Captain America outfit from the Avengers, and she did. She Hulk. She painted herself green, wore a suit. It was totally awesome. So the She Hulk's very big. This was great. Tatiana Maslany is uh, Jennifer Walters, who is the cousin of Bruce Banner. A lot of cool interplay. Todd, I assume you watch this. Yeah, I know you watch this because we talked about watch this. it with my mom and my my wife yeah oh very good um so this was fun they took a little different bend on this instead of you know she uh jennifer walter being uh killed you know injured in a drive-by it was you know a car accident she got a little bit of the gamma blood on her and then so she becomes uh she hulk in the comics she becomes a slightly less powered but a, a a completely in control of her own personality version of the hulk um, and this is great. Here, you know, this was a uh, this was thirty eight minutes, so it's right, you know, around about basically a, an hour's worth of programming, as you might see on on network with commercials. Um, and this was great. It was played for laughs. A lot of cool interplay. A lot of social commentary that I really enjoyed. Um, I loved it. Most of it was spent, uh, you know, Bruce. You know, in his little lair in uh, in Mexico, which is where he was, he managed to integrate the Hulk and the Banner personalities and become Smart Hulk or Smug Hulk, which I thought was great. Um, kind of educating her, and then the, the only kind of wet fart at the end of it was the um, introduction of the superb actress whose name is on the tip of my tongue, introduced as Titania. Who was it? Why can't I remember her name? She was in the good place. Yes. What? Oh, it's killing me. But anyway, she was. it was kind of a wet fart moment because she kicked the wall and was like, who are you? And she throws something and then gets beat. The worst flying sidekick I've yeah, ever seen. Exactly. Yeah. That was play, it was played for last. But yeah, so definitely the last, you know, the, your last scene of it really fell out of place. Um, but again, some of it is played for serious. Some of it is played for laughs. This was just like, this was, yeah. A little too goofy for me, that end piece. But I love this show. This is I, I, I'm coming roaring back with the the thing that I probably enjoyed the most out of Disney Plus MCU in a while. So I'm totally down with this. I love it. Yeah. Um, the show had a lot of problems. Um, I love the actors. Um, I love what they're doing with the breaking the fourth wall. I just feel like the jokes aren't good. They're not that funny. It feels like it's Ally McBeal, like a 2000 series with punching. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I just felt like it was just like the, the, the comedy wasn't good. It just wasn't funny. I didn't find it like, oh, that joke landed. I just thought it was like a lot of things were like trying to grab things and trying to play off the MCU like zeitgeist, which I'm like, I get it. I, I know what it's going for. I just wish it was a little better written. Um, I think that would have helped a lot. Um, the first episode was a very origin story, which I totally get why they did it because introduce character, do those type of things. But with no second episode right away, I don't know what the, the show is going to do. Is there going to be an antagonist? Is there going to be something else? Or is it every episode gets wrapped up in 23 minutes and we just move on? And that's perfectly fine. I just don't know what we're doing. And I don't know. And I kind of felt like her struggle to become the Hulk, there was no struggle. She was way better at it. And her defense was, well, women always hide their anger. And I'm like, well, Bruce had this problem because he was abused. So it was kind of like, and it kind of felt like you need a better training scenario like you know you, you need to go through some challenges versus i'm better than hulk and i've been doing it for 15 minutes i just thought you, that was part was a little too much like you thought, you, you thought she was too ray from star wars is that was that your issue she's well, no, i just thought it was kind of like, it didn't feel earned it just felt like i deserve this and i shouldn't have to work for it and her fo whole focus was i don't want to be a superhero i just want to be a lawyer and I think I know where this is going, Charlie. I think because we've seen that she's going to be hired to be the face right. of the law firm. And I think her struggle is going to be she was hired not because of her skill. She was hired because she is She-Hulk. So I think that's going to be the challenge. Right back into what I'm going to talk about next, yeah. which is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there reading. I do a plasma donation. So I was doing that a couple of weeks ago. And I'm trying to read My Amazing Spider-Man. And Marvel Unlimited pops up and says, Earned a thousand points by reading 2014 She-Hulk series. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Obviously, you know why they're doing it. They're trying to obviously hype up their series. Come on. Why did but, they, but why did they pick that series? Because we just read the brand new She-Hulk, and I thought that was awesome. I well, I, I went over there, started reading it. I like Charles Soule. He's written some great mm -hmm. stuff, none of which I'm remembering right now, but I remember liking it. Uh, had a, you know, and this was again, it was in the same vein. It's very irreverent. I uh, had a lot of kind, kind of, uh, I was going to say comedy. It had a lot of comedy humor in it. Had a lot of comedy humor in it. Comedy humor versus ah! the 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 not comedy based humor. Comedy humor is the best humor that you can. Haha, ha, funny jokes that you like. Um, but this was cool. No, so in the, the first couple episodes. Uh, it was exactly what you said. It was a law firm that said, yeah, we hired you. Uh, you know, you worked really hard, but whatever, because we hired you so that we could get some of that big superhero business. How come we're not representing Tony Stark in his patent business? How come we're not the attorneys for Reed Richards? How come we're not this thing and that thing? So uh, you can stay, you know, so they basically said, well, you know, you worked a bunch of hours, but we're not going to bonus you because you're nothing special. And she quits. She quits. She strikes out on her own, starts her own superhero law firm, so kind of like Jessica Jones, but she takes up in a building that's, uh, that, you know, an office building that's all other super people um, and their little super side businesses. So kind of a funny turn. You get uh, her first client is Kristoff, who is Dr. Doom's uh, adapted son, and he's trying to he's trying to uh, escape Latveria, so he's trying to go to Asylum, but Doom shows up in the courtroom after she wins and kidnaps him anyway, so she goes to Latveria to get him back. Diplomatic community! <laughs> yeah, she pulls a total lethal weapon, too. But she goes out and consults with Daredevil. He's in San Francisco, you know, so there's a lot There's a lot of bouncing around, and I'm kind of at a hinge point right now. The, the big arc in this is this blue file, this, this lawsuit that was filed against her and a bunch of other heroes that she doesn't remember anything about. So the mystery is why, mm. but 
when it gets mentioned to people, it gets mentioned to Tigra. Tigra flips out and almost oh. kills Betsy Walker, who's the, who's the other starring character uh, in this. And uh, Wyatt Wingfoot, who's Jen's, you know, She-Hulk's old boyfriend from Fantastic Four days, you know, uh, that was the cliffhanger of the issue I finished is she was going to tell him what he was about, but he was also mountain climbing at the moment. So if he flipped out, he might kill everybody in his mountain climbing party by them all falling to their death. So I got to tune back in. It's just a cliffhanger to cliffhanger. So anyway, I don't know how long this series went on for but if based on what we said before it'll probably go for like 11 issues and then i'll be done reading it because it got canceled but i'm enjoying what i'm reading marvel stop mm-hmm. relaunching yeah, <laughs> yeah stop cause, because because we did read and talk about the the, the first uh, the most recent she hulk right. uh issues because we were like oh that's coming up and i like that one too and it was yeah. kind of like yeah, it was kind of like after jen got over being the savage hulk the she basically right. she just lost hulk. her yeah yeah, yeah 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 she lost her um you know uh, inhibitions and came out as as the rage monster like right. bruce right. and that was kind of cool to see that and that's the whole thing about the hulk it's it's kind of always like they're always changing and they're always right. taking yeah. a new approach so yeah that's why i like the comics i'm hoping they'll do the first episode of she hulk the, the tv series take some turns and we have some fun and we know we're going to get a lot of guest stars so i think this right. is going to be fun to see that's who shows up right it's the crime it's, of the week it's I want to be, see the porcupine on the stand, Charlie. I want to see the Titanium Men on the stand. It, it's going to be Marvel's love boat. Just watch out. I hope that's, so. That's I how they're so. going to spin it. Yeah, do it. Do it fun. Do it fun. All right. You, do, all it right fun. So, <laughs> do, do it fun. Do it fun with comedy humor. There. There's your name for the episode. Do it fun. Comedy, with comedy humor. humor. Do it fun yes. with comedy humor. Write it down. All right. You've got the big enchilada. So you go ahead. I'm a dilettante when it comes to this shit. So I'm just going to be like, yep. Okay. Well, you're starting cool. to ground zero this time, though, Charlie. Okay. All right. Well, educate me then. Break, break it down. For exactly. Me. Okay. This this is uh, going to be a, a fun time in the world of geek because uh, one of the biggest shows of the year is just dropped on Sunday. I watched it last night. Yep. Sat in my front of my new TV on the big couch. Loved it. And I'm like, I'm watching this. Chris is like, what Game of Thrones? I thought it was over. I'm like, no, it's the new Game of Thrones, which it's is the new. old Game of Thrones. Because it's, it's, it's new. It's a exactly. Prequel, it's a prequel. But it's but, but it's. It's almost 200 years. Well, before. Todd, Todd, yes. then I want you to remember this moment because when we, I'm sure, will eventually get KOTOR or we get the High Republic over in Star oh, we're Wars. We're getting the Acolyte, no, right? No complaining because it's the same methodology. Well, the right. era is there is important, Charlie. I always say this. I don't want to be distracted because I have I have to think, oh, that's so and so showing up, you know, the prequel 20 years earlier. So oh, the, damn you know, it. oh, but, you know, it's going to be Yoda and Yaddle. So anyway, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, they are not in this. Even the dragons are dead before they show up. So the dragons don't even make like a cameo. Remember that dragon? Nope. He didn't nope. even exist. Not yeah. even. So this uh, happens essentially almost 200 years before Daenerys Targaryen's born. This is about the Targaryens in their reign. This is before the Targaryens were essentially the bad guys before the mad king did all his crazy stuff and this is essentially um we're in this spot where uh, the last peacetime king targaryen has uh selects a uh successor he could choose his daughter or his i believe his nephew I, i can't remember uh his his actual genealogy so instead of his daughter who probably would have been a good ruler because they didn't decide to allow a woman to be uh, a successor, they pick uh, our our king. And I can't remember what his name is. Rhaegar? Rhaegar, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, there you go. What yeah. a woman. Next thing you know, they're going to want to vote. Exactly, exactly. So he has a daughter 
Um, and we come many years later. He has a daughter. His wife, though, has struggled with pregnancy to create a male heir. And this is kind of the crux of the first episode. It's really good. It kind of layers on the fact that the whole thing relies on having a male heir. If you don't have that, then it will create a lot of dissension and issues if there isn't one selected. Well, I won't give too much away because we get into this point, though, where essentially we're going to have a contested throne. Won't mm-hmm. say more than that, but I will mm-hmm. say this. If you like Matt Smith, I think he's finally getting a good role. Finally. Um, since Doctor Who, he's struggled with finding a good role. I think he's pretty good in The Crown. He, I heard he was pretty good in that. Um, yeah. He plays uh, Queen Elizabeth's husband, Prince Philip, I believe is his name is. Prince so, Philip. Yeah, so he played a young Prince Philip. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're going to have a contested throne between family. And this is an era where the dragons reign. And um, King's Landing is a little bit out of sorts. So we're getting to see all these pieces laid, but it's much as sm- right now. It's a smaller story. I don't know what the long game is because we know where it ends in 200 years, but we don't know the things that happen along the way. So other than that, I thought it was well paced, told a good story. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of good actors in it. it had some pretty disgusting things with like, oh. uh, Charlie, did you realize when they had like those, uh, like the Knights jousting, I didn't think they were supposed to kill each other, but apparently. And that's all they did, man. They knocked a guy off and then he just gutted a guy's face. A face or, yeah. You know, earlier when the Night's Watch was taking on all the criminals, they, you know, they castrated a guy and then you saw it through down. Arms cut off. Yeah, hands hands and heads. Heads. Roll roll away two carts of fucking body parts. It's like, you know, and then we read a a week ago, like, well, there's not going to be as much graphic sex in the series. I'm like, oh, that's okay. But you know, we still did get some nudity, which, hey, everybody enjoys nudity, uh, or they should. Um, The cat house scene, yeah, it was full of, yeah. It, yeah. was, it was. It was. full. Of it was hero gasm part two. Old times. It was. It was loose <laughs> boobs and butts, which is a big thumbs up from Charlie. Yes. But yes, yes the, the absolutely gratuitous violence. It's like why? Why is that so necessary? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, a less civilized time, Charlie. This was entertainment. I, you didn't have your. You didn't have your Parks and Recs in the office. You had this. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can watch a guy's face get gouged out by a mace. I'm into it. I'm, That's I'm entertainment. Yeah, that's uh, entertainment, I, folks. Yeah, so, you know, and I like what they do with the Game of Thrones is after every, every episode, they always had like kind of like a reflection by the creators. I will love that. I just think it's fun to have that. It's almost like, a, uh, you know, the, the it's the um, post-credit scenes. It's all those things you get on a DVD back in the day when they actually had them. You get to watch them. And I like that because it adds a little layers of context and understanding where they're going. So I really like this show so far, but we're one episode in. If this is a long journey, this could obviously go wrong or it could go well. So, but I right. enjoyed what I saw. Right. And how many, uh, this is, this is a weekly show. I'm assuming it's going to drop uh Sunday evening. 10, 12 episodes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and, th- and that was par for the course, what they did obviously with the original show. So, uh, yes, so, absolutely. We, so, so we got 10 weeks of this deal. So yeah, this yeah. is going to carry us through the, uh, almost the end of the year into the holiday season, deep in the holiday season. So yeah. Yeah. And, and the good news is this is essentially original content. It's not like lifted directly from the book. So we don't have to worry about George R. R. Martin finishing his damn books where they have to right. make up the crap because they're already making yes. up the crap. So, you know, when you make up the crap, We've set the level of crap. The crap is in the the, the crappening. And I mean that in the most positive way. It's good stuff. 
the crappening, <laughs> the crappening is happening. Yes, yes. Why, um, live for it, love for it. Yes. Yeah, so Charlie, uh, Paramount Plus has a show called Players, which okay. I've talked about American Vandal, that series, basically the true crime, high school vandalism and things like that. We talked about the 26 Dicks vandalism. We talked about the... Uh, the, the <laughs> Um, oh God, I'm blinking on his name. It was the Pooh Man. The uh, the uh, it was a it was a it was a Pooh issue where there was vandalism. But now Mr. these guys have moved on to cover the world of e sports in the series called Players, and it's very much like a behind the scenes documentary about a esports team. And it's behind the lens of focusing on one character of Team Fugitive. His name is Cream Cheese. And cream cheese is at a he's he's at the point with esports like if you're over like the age of like 27 you're over the hill and this is kind of like his last vestige this- of like getting a getting a win finally because Charlie he did the he did the problem what he does when he's got ahead of himself in like 2016 he said we're gonna win seven championships fast forward to 2021. They've won zero championships. It sounds like you're, it's, it sounds like you're teeing up the next Tata show. Cream cheese. <sighs> yeah, it's but it's it's very much well done. It's like that documentary yeah. style. And the whole dramatic part is they are bringing on like this phenom who's 20, he's 17 years old. And yeah. uh, the owner of the team is a sports team owner. So he's like, it's all about the revenue. And you just see the like the pieces that are brought in and the way they end the first episode. I'm like, this is where they're going. I love this. It's funny. You don't have to know anything about it. And that's exactly the point. Like the oh one brother God. of the new teen phenom says like, well, I saw him going after this blue neck worm thing and they scored a goal. And I like, we won or we lost maybe. <laughs> and it's totally hilarious. Cause it's like a lot of people feel like esports. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. This is bizarre. They're at a keyboard. And how do you make this interesting? So they are very much tongue in cheek on the esports. I don't watch esports. I don't enjoy it. I have no interest in it, but I like the fact that they're kind of making it realistic and oh having a funny story. It's like kind of like, like most comedies, the actual, like what they do in their real life and things really doesn't matter. It's all the stuff that happens behind the scene. Did we see like Elaine work a day in her life, except for the urban sombrero? Probably not oh, working at pendant yeah. publishing or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no, exactly. Oh. Or George, you know, doing things for the Yankees, except for sleeping on right. his desk or Kramer, not, you know, being Kramer. Yeah. So it is comedies. And this is one of those thinky comedies where it's, it's, you see the funny behind it, but it's, it's entertaining. I like what these guys do. They're very, very good at this kind of pseudo mockumentary. Oh, Love it. my goodness. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Well, that takes us out. Yeah. So it is now time to get on the line with Eric Quantis. We're going to the land down under. That's right. Time to head down to the Thunderdome. The mutants are waiting for the conclusion of Does It Hold Up? Film number four. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, it's week number four of Does It Hold Up? Our final film of this first volume of the series. So, Charlie, we're going to do what Marvel does. We're going to have many volumes of this, but this is the first volume. Yes. Yes. Or we could do part one of four, part one of six. I don't know. We'll we'll figure something out. But this wraps up the first volume of this series where we look back on films 
from the ye old days of our youth. And most likely we haven't watched these in some time. So we have to determine if they are truly, uh, you know, evergreen or of their time. So with Clerks, Charlie, I will tell you the premise. Dante, played by Brian O'Halloran, is called in to cover a shift at his New Jersey convenience store on his day off. His friend Randall, played by Jeff Anderson, helps him pass the time neglecting his video store customer next door to hang out in the quick stop. The uneventful day is disrupted by the news that one of Dante's ex-girlfriends has died. After attending her memorial service, Dante muses over staying with current girlfriend Veronica, by played by Mar- Marilyn Gigliotti, or reuniting with ex-Caitlin Lisa Spoonhauer. It was released October 9th, 1994, a Miramax film, directed by Kevin Smith, distributed by Miramax, a uh, box office of $3.2 million, with a budget of $27,000 and $575. So, oh my God, a dramatic yes. success that launched... The career of the very irreverent Kevin Smith, shot in black and white, and and I'm just I'm I'm just spitballing from what I knew. Shot in black and white, largely at night, which is uh, a plot device that played out why the shutters were closed at the store because they they shot a lot of it at night because it was a real convenience store. Obviously, he didn't build a big set, whatever it is, which is why he could make it for thirty grand. But yeah, he did. He mortgaged off his comic collection, maxed out every credit card he had, and Kevin Smith is- took insurance money to fix yeah. his car. I'm right. towards the film. I uh, oh that that I had not heard. That's kind of that's oh yeah kind of yeah yeah. Kevin, Kevin Smith is he's just a few years older than you and I, so we're we're from kind of the same ilk of this uh, of the generation. His characters Dante and Randall in this are are also about the same age. So yeah, you know, Dante's you, Kevin, and yeah. then Randall is is uh, oh Moser. what's his name? Yeah, Scott exactly. Moser, if you've yeah. seen if you've seen comic book men, he's the big guy with the beard. So no no um, no no that's no that's not the same guy. No, Scott no, no, no. It, it's it's no, no. So it's it's not Scott, Scott Mosier is not the uh, Randall character. Randall was oh, supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm drawing a blank. And you also end up seeing a lot of the same your comic book man. So, Walt, you know, Walt Flanagan it's, is in it's this. played by Jeff. Yeah, it's, it's Jeff. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. What is this name? Well, Jeff uh, Anderson is the actor who is Randall. No, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, don't I worry. cannot find it. Don't, yes, worry, don't worry about we, it. We, we really got prepared. But anyway. Jeff um, Anderson is the actor. Yes, I, and, I, yes. I, I literally just said that, Todd. We're going to have to have a chat about you about you and your ears. <laughs> um, yes, but no, what you're saying is Randall was supposed to be styled. I thought he was styled after Scott Mosier, who was nope. his best friend. Okay. So regardless, yes, this is a very much a slice of life. Uh after Kevin Smith's own, you know, leanings and lifestyle and whatever it is. And, um, but this was one of the first cult classic movies. The dialogue was very much down to earth, particularly for people like us who love the geek culture, the comics and the star Wars and this thing and that thing. Um, but does it hold up? So Todd, where are we at with that? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, this movie dropped at just the right time. I was in college at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was big in independent film, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Any movie that was Indian is kind of cool. I tried to go see it. So yeah. when I heard about this film, I believe I saw this film at Michigan State when they would show films around campus. Uh, it was oh. always fun because they now, would have films around campus in different like uh, halls uh, in different okay. schools and things like oh. that. 
I mean, because yeah. w- what I remember of the, the camp, and, and again, this was about a year before you and I met, uh, is that there was the campus channel, which would show blockbusters that were like in the theater the summer beforehand, whatever it is. And um, the way that I saw it is that I w- if this came out in October, I was home at the holidays. And so a couple of months had gone by, the tape was making the rounds, and it was either in 94 or it was in 90 it was maybe it was in early 95 mm-hmm. when i was here home and again here in this house the house i grew up in uh i was here my brother was my brother had flunked out of college he was home for a year his girlfriend was here some other people from high school whatever it is and this tape found its way into the vcr and i was like wow this guy speaks our language blah 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 mm-hmm. this thing and that thing talking about sex stuff that i didn't understand i was a late bloomer it was sex stuff that i didn't understand at the time but it was like oh snowball and oh it's 37 my girlfriend blah 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 37 you know what's see look see i can i can edit myself if i have to <laughs> we don't need we don't need to get into all of kevin smith's dirtiest bits in this um but yeah for its time um it was a phenomenon. It was a phenomenon at the same time that Pulp Fiction was a phenomenon. Think about that. They came out at the same time. One was a more of a high budget, though not by much, uh, studio driven bit. And was was Pulp Fiction also Miramax? Were these mm-hmm. both about at the same time? So absolutely, yeah. They, uh, they, Pulp they, Fiction they, came out in ninety. No, no, also ninety four. No, it oh, came out. Okay. Fall of 94. So these were out at the same time. So they were almost in some ways, you know, kind of cousins or distant cousins um, from, you know, edgy Miramax, which, you know, we all kind of saw how thing everything went down with Harvey Weinstein. We don't need to talk about that. Um, But to me, of all of the films that we've talked about. So in our series here, we've talked about Goonies. Uh We've talked about uh, we talked about The Last Starfighter last week. What was our first movie? Oh, uh, the first movie would have been The Crow. The Crow, which I hadn't seen, and which also came out at almost this exact same time. Mm-hmm. So we've had we've had two films from the 80s, which came out at almost the exact same time, and two films from the 90s that came out at almost exactly the same time, 10 years apart, 84 to 94. Mm-hmm. Um, 93, 94. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm fully engage with the rose-colored glasses with this film i can't shake it loose it's such a perennial part of that time in my life and hearing humor that was based around things we love like comics and star Mm -hmm. wars i um but again it's what's so funny is we we were trying to find a co-host for this film we we reached out to our friend to steve who is a a high school classmate of mine who's been on all of our shows a couple of different times he couldn't make it we reached out to eric holtgren who's been on the show he couldn't make it so we reached out to a a bona fide younger person uh (laughs) 10 years younger than us which would be katie and she's like oh i don't want to watch that that sounds everything i've heard about it sounds horrible um so Based on the litmus test and how much I respect Katie and her opinions, I'm going to go with it probably doesn't hold up if you don't really, if you're not us, if you're not a Gen Xer going to college in the early 90s type, I don't know that it lands. You know, I don't know that a lot of the humor is going to land and there were there were a, a lot of kind of obsequious, you know, there was a lot of gay jokes, the the uh, the F-bomb, the the. The gay, the gay slur F-bomb gets dropped more than once by Jay and Silent Bob, who are the real evergreen characters of this because they've gone on to have such they a are, They are R2-D2 and C-3PO yeah. of the Askew universe. They show up everywhere. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and Charlie, 
I, I think you're exactly right. This is a movie of its time. It needed to happen, but it does not stand the test of time. No. The direction is weak. Mm-hmm. The writing, I could see how it could work on the page, but when the actors were not real actors, say right. it, it comes off like they are reading dialogue. And it literally it, says like like the woman who come when they come and pick up Caitlin at the end because we're mm-hmm. not even going to describe what happens, but she's yes. taken away in an ambulance because he's in shock. This woman is standing here with a clipboard saying, "I once had to come and take a report of a man who broke his neck trying to." Suck yes, his yes. I feel like whatever she, she was reading was on that clipboard. Or what about the bit where Jay and Silent Bob stuck the word bubble on the outside of the door? I liked, I love cock or something. And then Randall stands there for five seconds so the camera in the darkness can move in and to finally see what it says. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just it's asinine. You're not pulling it off, and so there are bits and pieces of it that land. But boy, on on the average, there's bits like what I just described. It's just a it's just a fart in church. It's bad. Yeah. I mean, but to your point, it was that thing where it felt like a movie that we finally got geeks talking to geeks. Uh, I mean, the one iconic scene about Empire and the contractors. Yes, it goes. Right. Arguably the best scene in the film, I would say. uh, I, that 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 kind. I think it's okay, but it, yeah. But it once again leans into Star Wars humor is the worst humor because it's always regurgitated and it's only based off of like five things. And right. it, once you keep saying it after a time, like oh, it's not really funny anymore. It's just like oh yeah, they did that. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> yeah, but they did that. but as I walk through this movie, because it does have some cool parts to it, I will say that. Um, at the end, it finally, I think, worked its way through all the problems. There's This is a problematic film. I mean, yeah, what perfect. happens, you know, the, the main character is a character that quite honestly isn't a good guy. He blames everybody for his problems. Um, he gets called out for it many, many times. Right. And you don't honestly know if he's ever going to make it work. And obviously, we have sequels to this film, and we see he really doesn't make it work. Um and yeah, it's it's kind of like, and this is based on Kevin Smith's life, and mm-hmm. we we get that, and I think it was great for what he could do for the time with the money he had. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, uh, I did like the ending of the film, and a, and and I think it finally forced him, the main character to say, "You're kind of full of crap, and you need to suck it up and ex- and and take the responsibility of what you've done to yourself. Stop blaming others, and right. you know, be a man and do something else. Stop compl- my day you stay." Uh, shit or get off the pot. And I felt like this is the whole point of this film. Um, And Charlie, did you know there was an ending that was released at the initial showing of this film? I think I I know where you're going, yeah. Yes, where the main character was killed by a patron. Uh, And it was just kind of the whole premise of a yips on saying, I'm not even supposed to be here. And it was that whole thing, you know, the wrong place, the wrong time. All these right. things happens. So they pulled that. And actually, Siskel and Ebert did a special on this movie, which I did not know. I looked at this up. They did. And they said they're so glad they didn't do that scene because they felt like it would have gone wrong. Because Smith originally thought you needed a, a, a negative ending, kind of like Empire Strikes Back. So once again, going into that. So um, does this movie hold up? Um, no. The no. humors dated of the time. Uh, the writing, I think, has got some good stuff. It just doesn't translate to well in normal dialogue. You just kind of feel like they're continuing. Like, I don't know anybody who speaks in a 
continuous chain of thought that's complete uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense, is witty, and it just goes out that way. I mean, it, if there's it, somebody that does that, I mean, they it, are you nuts. Know, it, 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 it comes from the comic books. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's Stan Lee. Um, yeah, it's Stan Lee with his, you know, thought, you know, his word bubble exposition. You know what I mean? Which, yeah, that makes sense because he was a fan of, of comics. Stan Lee was right. in his second movie. Um, and, but I mean, let's put it this way. The fact that he was able to parlay this into, you know, Mall Rats, which was a panned movie, but made, you know, it became a like a a, a cult classic in a way. People wanted to right. watch it on video, bought it, and it got him a second career in life to do what he wanted. So, right. you know what? It's kind of the the whole thing of make a movie, try it, get out there. So for Kevin right. Smith, it's really good for his legacy and his filmography. I think ultimately he has two to three good movies. The rest right. are just, it doesn't care. Pur- purposefully garbage. If you watch Tusk or red state, sorry, Kevin. I mean, I, and, and the man is worshipped. Oh my God. When April and I went to, um, mm-hmm. fan expo Chicago, just a couple of months ago, when I got uh, my Jonathan Frakes autograph, he was the only star there who had a, tented off area and he had his own private security i mean he is a god to those mm-hmm. in our community he absolutely is even though he, he this film was very much him peaking in high school not not though not literally um i followed this up by watching jane Simon and bob strike back which is also not good and has a lot of very dated humor but it's fun um and i i think mall rats was fun but again like you said not great um but yeah, you're right. This, for a moment in time, touched us as Gen Xers in a place that, like I said, even talking to Steve and then talking to, to Eric Holtgren about joining us, um, that, that there's an enormous amount of enthusiasm and there's an enormous amount of love, but it hold, held up against the lens of 2022. Now almost 30, you know, this is almost 30 years later. I graduated high school in 1994, so that's almost 30 years gone for me. Um does not you know you you cannot turn back the clock with clerks no it just it just does not click so um yeah for it's, a moment- it's like what you put in the the, the time capsule right it's yeah. like this is what the time was for like geek culture and kind of like just this was the emergence of finally saying it's okay right. to like this goofy stuff and be dorky and 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 you know you know root for the guy that doesn't look like the guy that's a star of a film and right. i I respect that. Um, and it, it, like I said, there were some moments I enjoyed again, but a lot of it, I'm just like, Ooh, this is really yeah. rough. Like those, like yeah. the one, like where they're doing like the, 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 the they had those like real weird interstitials with like, uh, the milkmaids. And I'm like, Oh, that just seems really bad. Or the guy that's the gun counselor looking at the eggs or yeah, right. the one where they like, Oh, I get these stupid questions asked like, where's the, where's the deal or something where that. And then they had that well, woman saying, saying they're like, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, Oh yeah. God. Well, they did. Or, Hey, you know, Hey, do you have uh hubcaps for 72 Pinto? Oh, look, mini trucker magazine. It was just like, well, what? You know, what What do you mean this coffee is good? Do you mean I got to drink my coffee hot? You know, it's just. It was like laughing. Yeah, it was. It was. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was like those weird, like, this doesn't feel like it's the same movie. It just seems like, what are they doing? Are they filling it in? Because we've got like, we've got like a 45 minute like film. Right. And then you you just got to keep padding it. Yeah. But you know what? 
credit to them what they were able to do because you could make a film on your uh, on your phone and make it look right. much better than what they did with their probably expensive right. equipment to do that. Exactly. So, and yeah, 20 kudos. years later. So kudos. All right. Well, that ends the series of uh, does it hold up? This was great. This was this was inspired, Todd. You do come up with the good ideas. I like it. We'll probably wrap on this and bring it back maybe early next year and get another. I think so. Film. And we got some doldrums yeah. when there's not much going on. I mean, yeah. it's perfect time. We have Shocktober next, so that's yeah. the next series. And then maybe we'll do something, you know, after October to get us through that holiday season. Maybe we'll do like we'll we'll do like holiday based films. We did a right. pretty good. We, maybe we'll do something fun, you know, like right. Santa kills people or or oh, we got terrific. like the. Oh, yeah, I love it. Like it's good. All those and, horrible like holiday based murder films. <laughs> and not to mention we have two pretty significant anniversaries coming up. Uh, yes, we in do. The second or third week of September, I think I pinned down the date. We are celebrating our eighth anniversary of recording this very program. Todd said to me right after in April and I got married, we got married in the summer of 2014. Hey, podcasts are a thing. I was on one for a while. It ended badly, blah, blah, blah. I want to do one, you and me. And we did because we Todd was at my wedding and so we'd recently seen each other. And that's how we ended up doing this deal. Um, eight years is a long time to do anything. It's a marriage. It is my marriage. Oh, my God. <laughs> but shortly after that, uh, before the end of the year, we're going to hang on our 400th episode, which is absolutely just a nutty. quadrennial. A quadrennial. I don't know if you call it that. I don't know. And that's, you know, that's not counting, you know, the couple of lost episodes we had. It's not counting. We went my, biweekly for some yeah, times. Yeah. We did. You know, it's not counting the idea that you and Mark uh, shot down where we should do legacy numbering, which which means we would add together all the numbers of the episodes of no. the shows where we'd be over 600, which I thought was a great idea. But, but it whatever, means nothing, Charlie. I got voted it means down. nothing. It's a, there's three of us. It's a democracy. It's okay. But anyway. That that will be a lot of fun. So there are fun. Uh, there's there's more stuff in store coming up uh, before the end of the year. So stay tuned. Obviously, following our network feed is the best way to get all of our shows. Um, and again, our YouTube channel is where it's at. We're now Todd. We're now at 113 subscribers. The uh, luckiest number of all. You bet. You will not appreciate the most recent episode of my show, uh, Code 47, where I somehow turned my camera off and could not turn it back on. And I learned a valuable life lesson. Todd made fun of me, and I was embarrassed, and I know that makes Todd happy. But anyway, friends. Well, Charlie, the good news is I will be picking a wonderful uh, file, uh, like, picture for your I can't, self. I can't, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for the embarrassment. Todd, where do people find you out there on the internets? Oh, Follow me at Twitter, at Tioxtra, where I'm just having fun in the world of gaming and geek culture and going to be a lot of football posts because I love the NFL and I love college football. So get into that. And I also play fake Ooh. football, fantasy, where I try to be smart and I'm done about sports. So I, I will be doing a lot of that, but I also love to talk about games and what's going on in the world of nerds. So follow me there. And also check out our YouTube because I put all the videos together along with Mark and we put them out there. And Charlie and his co-hosts get to enjoy my editing excellence. Do you enjoy, are you as good at fantasy football as you are at our summer movie wager? Now your seventh year. I have won two championships <laughs> in fake football, Charlie, and actually won money. So that's that's really all that matters to me. Money. One Cheddar. some money. Oh, my God. Well, you can find me uh, over on Twitter at the C3. Go ahead and 
spell it out. I did uh, tweak also my Instagram. And now I'm, I'm dinking around on TikTok a little bit. I haven't made any videos yet. Subscribe to subscribe to some friends, some different celebrities. But I'm I'm uh, at the C3 anywhere that you go. Um, my lovely wife April and I do run the USS Grant Petoskey. That is the West Michigan chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club. Find us at that website and at that name on socials all the way across. Friends, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring, and keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. I'm not even supposed to be here today. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.